Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to talk about seller's etiquette. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everybody, hope you are having a great day, good week. Um, it's cold all of a sudden. It feels sort of like winter is coming. Feels like November 22nd? It does, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of hit, hit me like a ton yeah. of bricks. Yeah, yeah, no, it's lovely. I love, uh, I love this time of year. Actually, I take that back. November is my least favorite month of the year. Right. <laughs> but I do love when the days are nice and bright and um, a little bit, uh, you know, not too cold, but the nights are cold. I love cold nights. Yeah. 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 But, We're there. Yeah. But November, the lack of um, sun is an issue. And for me, that's what kills me about November. Yeah. Getting up in the dark mm-hmm. and then it getting dark so early. Yes. Oh. I know. I know. Because it just automatically triggers in me a sleep reaction. Yes, that's like, right. <laughs> how can I be so exhausted? I know that's right. It's only because it's dark. It's so true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine what people it must be like for people that live north, north. I couldn't do it. It's dark all yeah. year. Have you been good? Yeah. Uh, you know, busy. It's still been busy. I think things are for me going to start to slow down soon. Yeah. I mean, so. we usually see that. Maybe what do you think? The second second week of December, it yeah. slows down. So we got three weeks maybe left. Maybe. Yeah. I'd say for weeks. me, maybe a week or two. Yeah. Yeah, I and agree. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully a little slower for December. Mm-hmm. Um, pick back up in January, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, I like to have a little quieter December. Yeah. We should, I mean, realtors should always be taking holidays in December, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you? Yeah, good. All good? All good. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And here we are. It's like uh, somebody said today it's almost Christmas. I was like, oh, God. There's so many decorations out. It's crazy. For me, it's too early. Yeah. But um, because I do start to get um, sick of it and then unpack everything December 26th, if it's too early. Yeah. I have uh, twins who... um, whose birthday is November 27th. So our rule has always been Christmas doesn't start till after their birthday. Fair. And I've hung my yeah. hung my hat on that. Yeah. But around our neighborhood, it is all out. Oh, and yeah. I, I think it's more than ever before. I think so, too. Loblaws mm-hmm. yesterday, like, I actually was buying decorations. They had the band playing Christmas music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, didn't hate it necessarily, but... Um, okay, well, we're going to talk a little bit today about seller's ed- etiquette. We did a episode a couple weeks ago on buyer's etiquette, did one on agent etiquette. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of people requesting us uh, to talk about seller's etiquette, mm-hmm. which is important, too. It's important. It's a harder one for me to wrap a, uh, my head around what I'm thinking about in terms mm-hmm. of seller's etiquette. But mm-hmm. I'm sure as we talk, I'll, some things will occur to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, and right now, it's probably things I take for granted. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. and we've got a bit of. um, It's such a crazy heated market that you know over the last many years, um, it's been a seller's game. Yeah, a seller's market, and they are allowed to do whatever they want and you know get away with it. And and have the rules that they want, and we all kind of go around it. So. so yeah, but I think it's important to remember. Maybe maybe 
you know, we're seeing a bit more balance a little bit. I mean, the prices are still crazy high and it's still definitely a seller's market, but I do feel like maybe there's a bit more give and take on both sides now. Right. So, so yeah. So seller's etiquette becomes more important. I think so. You can't just sit back and do whatever you, you want. You can't just do whatever. And yeah. 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 Yeah, I think even even in the hot markets we've had for the last several years, in that situation, you know, etiquette on all parties' parts. Yeah. That makes sense, is important. Yeah. So I've never liked, even if it's a seller's market, that sellers can get away with being sometimes mm-hmm. not the uh, you know, mm-hmm. best people. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, the first one I want to talk about is really involving the selling intention. Okay. Because I do feel like there are a lot of people out there who are maybe not so sure they want to sell or have no real intention of selling unless they get the price they want. Right. So they're kind of like speculating or kicking the having kicking the tires and yes. seeing what happens. Now so I they're am, not genuine no. in their motivation to sell. And I am okay with that yeah. if I'm notified about it as the listing agent in advance sort of okay with it but I think (laughs) (laughs) you know you need to you need to have I think the intention to sell if your listing agent is going through all the work of spending all the money and doing all the photos and doing all the prep work and all that kind of stuff and spending money but you really don't want to sell unless you get a really crazy outrageous amount yeah that's unfair it's unfair Mm -hmm. Um, and I have seen that a couple times lately in some instances where the seller is clearly not communicated Mm -hmm. their real intention to their agent and from the buyer side or on the sell side you know I've been like okay wait a second here this doesn't add up Mm -hmm. now I will say that and you know we'll say this a hundred times over and over again if you expose the property to the market and you get a lot of people through and you get offers on the property most of the time not all the time but most of the time the market will tell you what the property's worth at least give you a good idea so you know if you think that you want a million dollars but your offers are coming in at 650 700 you know there might be a bit of a compromise in between but you have to listen to what the market's saying if it's been exposed properly and you've had showings, and you've had, you know, enough people through the door. But you as a listing agent would have had that conversation with your seller Uh client before that. Yes, but I fear that there might be people out there that have been very not so upfront with their realtor, and maybe they've said, well, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. But then on offer night, you know, they're like, oh, 650. I thought we were going to get at least nine. And the agent's probably like, oh, I don't know where you got that from. Mm-hmm. I, I myself have been in that situation mm-hmm. on the on the listing side. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, sellers need to be just upfront about what their goals are and their intentions. Then it's the, the listing agent's job to make sure that they know whether those are realistic or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because... Um I mean, disclosure and honesty and transparency in all elements of the transaction is important. It is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort and time for buyers, too, you know, yeah. to put... So what, you've had together. that happen. I'm trying to think. I, I'm sure I have, too. But what do you do, then, when that happens? Well, I had a situation recently where there were, you know, we had an offer night. We had two preemptive offers come in. My client said no. Offer night came along, and those people had left. They, they bought something else. 
Um, it didn't sell on offer night. There were people floating around, floating out the same number that these two preemptive offers were. Right. They weren't. They wouldn't listen. And even though I told them, I told them right from the get-go, that's what it's worth. They wanted to relist it a little higher. I said, fair, we can try that. But, you know, shortly into the relisting process, they wanted to cancel it and stop the whole process. And it turned out that one of them really had no intention of ever selling unless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she got exactly what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And... Somewhere along the way, I realized it had nothing to do with me. It was a a push and pull between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And one was winning and then losing. Right. The battle. Right. So when you're in that situation and, you know, um, our team and uh, we believe fully in full service, so we... We go to expense before there's any indication of reward. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we only get paid when the house sells and then closes. Mm-hmm. But um, proactively, we s- spend a lot of time and money in getting to that stage. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that some agents um, push it even further, and, and I don't know what the wording is, but if that happened, then all that expense is put back onto the seller. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And have that's, you done that? No, but no. perhaps that's yes. something that we need yeah. to revisit. Yeah. If you have an inkling that that might happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because fair enough, if you you know you don't get the price you want or you don't get offers, yeah. like I'm I'm okay with. Yeah. You know, with terminating the listing, but if you've been told this is what the price yeah. is going to be, this is what the market is and likely then, to and tell then you. And real estate agent is successful in getting that to happen. Right. And then they and then still don't. don't want it. Mm-hmm. Then it's a bit of a, mm-hmm. a bit of a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing mm-hmm. I think. Um, another, th- another aspect I see I've come across a couple times lately is that the seller um, makes promises that they don't end up delivering. So they are saying that they will fix something, they will oh. remedy a situation. The buyer's agent has not put it in the contract, and then they don't do it at all. So I had a... So the seller has told you they would do something. Yes. And so you know about it. That's but right. But the buyer didn't. Right. And then the seller is just going to ignore I'm it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, you know, this this came about recently actually it's happened to me twice recently and they said they would beforehand well the first person said that they would and then just didn't Mm. didn't do it and then they end up in a legal quandary at the end which is just mind-boggling and they just felt that they didn't feel like they needed to do it Mm -hmm. well i don't see why i should have to do that well you agreed to do it well it's not in writing my lawyer says if it's not in writing i don't have to do it it's like well it's kind of a good faith thing because you said you would Mm -hmm. and so if you say you would and the buyers agree to that and you all do sort of a handshake agreement and then you back out of that Mm -hmm. that's just that's just not nice right you just don't do that right the second person this was really interesting we had multiple offers the person who won won by a mile came back the next day and said did a visit right away came back and said you know i noticed that this one particular thing is broken do you think your your clients could look into it and my clients said no right and they don't have to do it no they don't but they were like no and her exact words were i don't feel like getting any more contractors in (laughs) so but they don't have to no I had the other, I had, I recently sold a condo and on a buyer's visit, the buyer saw a crack in the threshold of the shower. And 
the cellar. It had always been there. I actually hadn't noticed it, but it had always been there, according to the cellar. And he uh, just had not. He'd lived there for 15 years with it and never thought anything of it and made no um, move to hide it or whatever. But um, in this case, he was like a really decent person and seller and um, spent $2,000 <gasps> to fix it. Wow. $2,000. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That's good karma. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to do it, but... Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're getting good money for the place and... They seem like good people, and you have sort of a conscience, I guess. Like maybe you would do your best to do your best. Yeah, I'm having conversations along these lines with um, a client of mine who uh, just sold her house. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that off, I think, podcast. But it has to do with the word good. Mm, what is good? What is, what is a good working order? Right. And, yes. And, um, you know, that's so arbitrary and discretionary. Yeah. And uh, anyway, but that is a good point that you bring mm-hmm. up is often in contracts, we have a clause that says that everything included in the offer must be in good working order when the client, right. when the buyer takes possession. And in this transaction, we remove the word good. Mm. Working order. Yeah. So what's working order? What's working order? If it order? turns on, that's right. working. Right. Is it? Mm-hmm. So that, and that's a good point. I think mm-hmm. as, you know, part of seller etiquette is to go through your home before it closes and make sure that everything works mm-hmm. if it's in the contract to mm-hmm. do so. If it does not say that the appliances, for example, are as is, you're obligated to have things work. Yeah. Now, it's your duty to do that. You have to go through, turn on the washing machine, turn on the dishwasher, and if there's something broken... You have to fix it. The house has to be the way the buyers saw it and found it when they bought the property. Yes, although they probably wouldn't have turned any of the appliances on. Right, yeah. right. But having said that, mm-hmm. you know, they need to, it needs to be working. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important uh, point because there's been a lot of times I've had on both ends, I've been on, on the seller side of the buyer side where the buyer closes the property, things don't work, you know, oh, we just moved in or moved in two days later, the dishwasher doesn't work. And I go back to the seller and they say, well, worked when I was there. Yeah. You know, did it? Did you check? Like, did you really check? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and buyer, Mr. Mrs. Buyer, are you sure you turned it on properly? There's a lot of gray area there. There is a lot of gray area. But I've had it go to lawyers a few times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's something karma-ish again about buying a place. And, and it's true that the next day or two, a couple of days later, something does break down. Yeah. That happens a yeah, lot. It really does. Um, and, yeah. you know, your um, your expectation about work things being in working condition is only up until, like, the day you take over the house. Yeah. Like, if, it, if something breaks down the next day, that's not the seller's responsibility. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. right. Right. But, you, you know, so from the buyer's but if you perspective. Haven't checked, it's kind of dirty. Yeah. The seller has to check. The buyer needs to check. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's why when I'm sure you like do not the same. two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. When I work with buyers and we put a number of visits in our offer, I always leave one till the very last minute. Right. Right. For right. For just that purpose. But even then, am I turning on every appliance? I probably haven't turned on everyone and, you know. I don't usually do the dishwasher, no. or the washing machine or the no. dishwasher, no. but I usually do the rest. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, what about things like light fixtures? You know, do the light, what if there's a missing bulb? Are they responsible to fix that? Because you do get these weird questions. Yeah. I've not been ever asked anything that absurd. Oh, I have. I, 
I don't know. Uh, I got asked one time Jeez. why the uh, toilet paper holder screw was out, and would they replace it? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, there are people out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, in this case, the... Um, I believe that the successful buyer of this property broke something in the house while visiting the house. Um, and we haven't talked about it, but I believe so. And uh, so does the seller repair it? Mm -hmm. It's never been, it never came up in conversation. Right. I think it's a minor repair. Yeah. So I would suggest, suggest the seller repair right. it. Yeah. Now let's talk about what the seller is responsible for in terms of disclosing defects in the home or problems in the home, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and the basic rule of thumb is they have to disclose anything that could affect the sale of the property. Right. So if there's been, you know, substantial flooding, uh, there's been any kind of, you know, structural damage done, um, anything like that, they do have an obligation to disclose. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we really have to keep on top of because as listing agents, we ask those questions, but we, we may not always get the right answer, Right. but we should be getting it. Right. There is something called a seller property information statement or something, yeah. SPIS. Is that, what it's, is that what it stands yep. for? And sometimes, actually I've never had one Very person rarely. fill it out, but, no. but you know, really the seller could fill this out that gives all the information that they know about the property. It does put them on the hook legally though. If they say, oh, we never had a flood in the house. It turns out that there was one and they didn't know it could leave them liable. Um, but at the end of the day, if they know there's some defect that may affect the sale, they have to disclose it. Right. Right. That's, mm -hmm. that's their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say most do, but maybe not all. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now what about things like filling holes in the wall. So like holes left by TVs paintings yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. pictures and things like that. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a discretionary one too, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. So I would say my most common experience is that sellers remove their artwork and their TVs and don't replace the holes. Yeah. Unless there's a specific clause in the buyer's offer saying they have to. Yes. Mm. But should they? I don't says that's another one. Um, I, I I don't know that they should. Yeah. What do you think? I think if the holes are huge, they should yeah. probably yeah, like a TV mount, TV might, bracket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if they're not huge, then yeah. I guess I guess it comes down to are they trying to cover it up? Yeah. So if there's something, um, you know, there's a hole in the floor. Yeah. And they throw a rug over top of it, and you right. can't see. Um, you know, that's a bit of a gray area, too, because obviously if you have a, a rug on the floor, it may be covering up scratches and things, and that's just how it is. That's part of life, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I sold a condo recently, and when the buyers moved in, they said, there's a huge scratch in the middle of the floor. And I said, well, I... Well, like underneath where the rug was. Well, yeah, but they lived with, or it was natural to have a rug there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. you know, so as as... A seller, you don't, you can't just li leave everything off the floor in the no, hopes that they. It's no. kind of your responsibility to check. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, lift I, I up carpets and things. I don't think that's a seller um, responsibility or manipulation at all. Me either. Mm -hmm. But if it was something substantial and they try clearly tried to hide it, well, we had that know. when we moved into our house. Beside the fireplace, there were two. Um, 
little pieces of art hanging when we bought the house, and then when we got the keys to the house, when there, there were two big holes right there. Right. Yeah. Right. And right, we right. just let it go. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, and that's the thing. Or sometimes uh, I've seen people put, um, you know, things in front of mold in the basement, for example, so you can't see it. And largely a home inspector won't move stuff around. They just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. they won't move too much. They'll move a little bit, mm -hmm. but not too much. So, mm -hmm. you know, you may not see that. Mm -hmm. So that's important, I think. Um, so mold, I think, is different in my mind than yeah, like a scratch on I would the say, I would say mm -hmm. so, too. Mm -hmm. I would say so, too. Uh, the point being, you can't, you know, if you go out of your way to hide things, yeah. it's, it's yeah. probably not good. Yeah. Yeah. But putting... Um, a rug on a well-used floor, I don't think is hiding something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. If you know the floor wasn't just laid, expect there to be wear and tear. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. That would be what I would tell my buyers, like, chill. Yeah. You knew it wasn't brand new hardwood, yeah. so there's going to be things. Exactly, mm -hmm. that's life. Mm -hmm. um, okay, good. Now, what about, this is, and this is a good one, when you're actually selling, you have an obligation as a seller to get out of the, I think it's an obligation to get out of the house when people are 100%. coming through. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice as a seller yeah. if you don't do that, but it's rude as it well is. because you're not giving the buyer and their agent the free um, you know, time and space to discuss freely. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it's uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. But I don't have that happen very much. I get the odd one. Is the odd like elderly seller? Yeah, elderly. It's yeah. typically if it happens, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I have come across like people asleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sellers asleep. Yeah. So sometimes with tenants. So yeah. I would say that happens with tenants yeah. and with elderly people. Yeah, with tenants it happens a lot. Yeah, they're not going to get out if they no, don't want. No, they don't care. They're going to do whatever they want. That's right. Mm -hmm. you and you have do to anything kind of accept it. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why you shouldn't sell with tenants in it. It's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would. I try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. yeah. But yes, it's a good point because. Um, they don't have to get out. No. But they should be getting out. And I think, you know, you have to really understand that um, it's it's negative. It's a negative mm -hmm. uh, for you as the potential seller. The buyers don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, the other thing is if the showing is booked from like 12 to 1230, you have to understand that they may come early and they may come late, even though they shouldn't. That's part of buyer etiquette. But they do, and so you know, not not don't, be don't right just back, be right, right back. Yes, yeah. because you know they yeah. then they walk in and they don't understand and they're upset and mm -hmm. um, yes. yeah. I had that with a seller recently, and they they just kept getting walked in on, or they were walking in on people, and they were just they just couldn't wrap their heads around the inconvenience it was causing them. Yes, that's the issue. It's like yeah, that's mm -hmm. why you probably shouldn't be living there during mm -hmm. the process. As a seller, you have to understand it's a pain in the ass. There's no question <laughs> about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like and you ha if you want to sell and you want to get the best money for the house, you have to do all the stuff that's required and one of those things is getting out. Yeah. When and are and uh, not putting in too many restrictions on allowing people in. Oh. Sometimes you see these baby sleeping one till three and baby has dinner five to seven. Exactly. Well, baby like, goes to bed <laughs> at seven thirty. How do you expect <laughs> to sell your house? I know. Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think you just you have to suck it up. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I feel you have that includes getting your pets out of there. Oh yes, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. There's nothing worse than putting the key in the lock and hearing the bark. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in. Yeah. Doesn't happen very much. Not as much anymore. I certainly don't mind cats. Cats are different, but I have, you know, dogs bark when someone's at the door. Yeah, they do. And especially, like, occasionally I've been, I've had uh, notices come through as I booked a showing, like, um, you know, 
big dog, um, not friendly, don't yeah. pet it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and you go Cross in there, it's like, a, the yeah, it's like a 200-pound dog. You're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going in there. Yeah, that's right. yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's barking at you. You're like, what am I supposed to just, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's certain areas you get that mm-hmm. <laughs> more than others. Mm-hmm. But that's also your responsibilities. You have to remove the pets. And, you know, cats too, because... They some people don't like cats, and so if you have them in the in the place, it may put people off. Yeah, and as an agent taking buyers, I, like I'm more preoccupied with not let, getting that cat out, right? Than the, the conversations I should be having with my buyers. So exactly. that's not good for you as a seller. That's either. right. Did I ever yeah. tell you about that time that that <laughs> the person let called me to say, "Oh, we let the cat in." No, let, no, yeah. and there was no cat. <laughs> I was like, what cat? <laughs> they, <but> they, <laughs> they let the wrong cat in. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or there was another one where I had, uh, um, yeah, someone, uh, I was doing an open house back in the days of open houses, and on the showing instructions, it said, don't let the cat out. So I was doing an open house, but was an agent, so they had had those showing instructions. There was a million people in and out, and... Um, they said, oh, I found your cat, and I put, I put him inside. It said, you know, there were so many people, they called me after. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah, that wasn't their cat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cute. Um, so, yeah, so they think that's kind of it in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, doing what you need to be doing during showings during right. that time. Right. Um, we kind of covered what sellers should be doing when offers come in. With respect to whether they're serious or not, right. um, how do you feel about a seller in a multiple offer situation sending people back for more money? Um, so I think it's all again about the honesty and transparency of the process. So, uh, you know, any good agent is going to inform the buyer's agents who have interested parties, kind of the scenario around offer submission. And, you know, so quite commonly we see listing agents um, give the direction to come in with your best offer. And I think that if uh, your listing agent has done that, um, then you should be sticking with a plan of taking the best offer. You know, unless, and it sometimes happens, there's one or more, there are two or more that are you know, so close in nature that it's impossible to tell them yeah. apart. That's the only grounds on which I would go back yeah. to anybody, and I would only go back to those people that are so close we couldn't tell. And that doesn't, I don't think, happen all that much. It's happened to me a few times I, recently. It's definitely yeah. happened, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree, and I usually say in the showing instructions, you know, unless you're very close within a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, because you do have agents coming in saying, like, give us, if it's not high enough, give us another chance. It's yeah, like, well, no, yeah. come in with that best. Right. Yeah. The, the issue becomes if, you know, because when a seller uh, looks at an offer, there's all kinds of components they're looking at. It's not just offer price. It's the amount of the deposit, the format of the deposit, the closing date, you know, if there are any wonky clauses or, or conditions. And so sometimes a couple are... Um, maybe not similar. They might be different, but there are ad- advantages to one over the other. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's it's not necessarily just the money someone is looking for. And so I don't often, you know, say something like if it's more than a thousand apart because there's there's other issues to consider. Well, there are. Yeah. Yeah. But just but to get people. No, I don't like going back. Nobody like wants that back and forth thing. And no. It's, it's, um, I've been with a few where they've sent they've sent us back th- more than once. Yeah, it's no. like, come on. Yeah. Really, just pick one. Yeah. 
Like it's just raw. It's just it's it's greedy. It's yeah, greedy. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And I you know, we have to do our best for our clients, so we have to follow their direction to right. some degree, but I think prepping them in advance to say, yeah. you know, and I think if there's have, a clear winner, just take it. Yeah, and I think people have the impression that it's agent greediness, but it's not, in fact. It's seller greediness. Yes. When that happens, it's, it's the seller because, you know, the agent is being compensated by the sale of the property, but, you know, typically the difference in ben- compensation to the agent is, you know, negligible. Nothing. Exactly. So it isn't yeah. a, sell, a set listing agent is not the one doing that. Yeah, that's it's right. It's not the one making that decision. Yeah. I mean. Good point. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, anything else you can think of or pretty much covered everything? No, other than I um, had three teenagers in my house last night. None of them had listened to our podcast ever before, so I made them. Mm. And uh, they all think that I'm a yes woman to you. And a then yes I go, woman. oh, yes, 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 okay. <laughs> That's because you're not paying attention. <laughs> So I'm going to work on that and be more disagreeable. That's my last comment. Start. <laughs> or we're not supposed to agree with each other. <laughs> that's what they thought. Oh, that's hilarious. That tells you a little bit well, about how rude. the environments in which they were raised. <laughs> and I don't agree with that at all, yeah. truth be told. Anyway, there you go. There you go. Yeah. No, all this right. was helpful. So we've covered, uh, I think, the three parties. Yep. Uh, sellers, buyers, and agents. Um, there's, you know, we could go on and on about... Home home inspectors at the responsibility or mortgage uh, yeah. brokers, but you know those are the three main parties. So I think that's been good, and I hope people find that interesting. Yeah, well, always uh, reach out if you have questions about that. We're happy to answer them, and make sure that you follow us on all of our social media channels, people, at the Janelle Cameron team, because hopefully we are always trying to provide at least you know. Yeah, I mean, it would be good you. to know if we're hitting the mark. It would. <laughs> yeah, it would be good. You know, we get some feedback, but we always like more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. All right, well, uh, that's it for this week, and we will see you or talk to you next week, and happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from REMAX Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.